setting up your environment to enable you so that you you don't have to do the instantaneous control, right? So if I've got a trading trading plan with a set of rules that I need to tick all these boxes before I enter a trade, for example, then I know exactly where my issues are because if I'm entering trades that don't tick all the boxes, boom, I need to work on that. I need to work on that discipline. There's obviously something with the willpower that I have, my ability to follow what I'm saying. Maybe I need to find some more self-respect for myself and trusting the words that I use and not just going against what my previous person said. So all these kind of concepts can really help us to eliminate that overtrading and to find a way to really wait for these best trades because a lot of people I speak to, they've got this overtrading issue, okay? And it's something that I really want to work on bringing down and really want people to understand that if we can wait for these best trades, it's going to help. Doing less is more in this case. Trade less, wait for the best setups, you will have better results. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Jake, and you are listening to The Success Shift, a show where perfection does not exist, but learning and growth take center stage. Have you ever felt stuck, like you're doing all the work but not getting the results? Maybe you feel like there's something missing. Perhaps there is some sort of internal shift that's needed to really get you to that next stage of success. Well, buckle up and join me as we jump into the minds of those who have been successful in their field and dive a little deeper into what is actually needed to get you to that next level. Is success just a state of mind? Does believing you're successful act as a catalyst to greater success? Is it something we can work on or are some people just luckier than others? No matter what you're into or where your passion lies, if you're wanting change or a shifted perspective, then you are definitely going to want to tune in. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Success Shift. My name is Jake, and it's another beautiful day, which makes me very happy. And it's also a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. As we were discussing last, I think it was Tuesday, you know, kind of to shift our perspective on how we start our mornings, how we go to bed. Um, I'm wondering if anyone's been practicing that since we spoke last in the last couple of days. Um, Maybe if you're listening to this on the podcast over the last little few weeks if you're listening to these later um, I know it's really had an impact on my life and I've been continuing it and it's been shifting my mornings to very very positive mindset um, with that said I had a couple of really rough night sleeps and so waking up was even harder but I still managed to find a way to look up and say today's gonna be a great day and it really has sort of flowed through so I hope people have been found finding use in that um, today, I'm just grateful for learning. Um, sometimes I come across things and they just like really shift my mind. Um, you know, I've said before, having this podcast has kept a routine for me, kept some form of discipline to keep pushing my knowledge, to keep learning so that I can hopefully try and share mind-blowing and perspective-shifting things with you who are listening. Um, but I do it in a selfish way in the sense that I don't know if it's just the way my brain works, but if I have to do something for myself, I find it really hard to find the motivation. But if I'm doing something for others, it really helps me to keep on track and to keep disciplined and to have that self-control and the ability to um, continuously do the effort. I'm really trying to work on finding the self-discipline for myself, um, but just the way my brain works, I find it extremely hard. Now, having this community, I'm very grateful for. I'm grateful for everyone who shows up um, because that does drive me. That keeps me going. And yeah, I want to create new content and I'm doing it in a selfish way because I'm trying to learn 
having this as a responsibility makes me learn for myself. And the more I learn myself, the more I grow, the more I develop, and I'm opening my mind up to so many different areas. And, you know, it just one thing leads to the next, leads to the next. Leads to the next. So I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, and a couple of things that I'd like to share with you today, but I'm just, yeah, grateful for the ability to learn, grateful for um, the changes I've had over the last few years that have put myself into this new mindset, into this new environment of um, sharing and growing with a community of people who also want to share and grow. And the fact that there's a group of people who wake up extra early in their morning, like 5 a.m., 5.30, whatever it is, to listen to the stuff that I'm learning, that I'm sharing. And, you know, my growth on such a difficult journey for trading is just, yeah, sometimes I forget how important that is to me. And I just want to bring gratitude to everyone here and gratitude to, yeah, that ability to learn. So that's what I'm grateful for this morning. Chuck in the chat um, some of the gratitude that you may have coming into today. Grateful for a change of scenery. Oh, lovely. Yes. Um, you know, I talk a lot about environment and sometimes environment shifts can be very, very important. In fact, I'm probably going to bring that up a little bit today in what we talk about. So a change of scenery can sometimes be good, especially if you fall into this um, repetitive trap or this monotonous motion of just the same old thing over and over again. And you feel like, ah, I need change. I need something to, you know, boost me out of where I'm at, especially if we're on a growth path. Um, a change of scenery can be fantastic. So I hope that's lovely for you there. I'm having a great morning. Thankfully, I'm back to routine and that feels amazing. That's <laughs> funny. We have a change of scenery and then coming back to the routine, both things of gratitude, literally the same, I mean, opposite things, um, but from different perspectives. So one being grateful for a change of scenery and kind of probably leaving that routine, similar lifestyle, and the other one finding gratitude for coming back to it and finding the routine. Uh, I really love the fact that we had both of those bits of gratitude one after the next. That makes me really, it really opens your eyes up to see that like that everyone's different from so many different points of view, from so many different areas and almost conflicting bits of gratitude, but still finding gratitude for them. So I love, I absolutely love that. I'm so grateful for increased hope, joy, connection, and challenges. Increased hope. That's amazing. I think that hope is one of the things that we really need to hold on to, no matter what we are striving for in Victor Frankl's uh, Man's Search for Meaning. He talks a lot about how the ones who survived had hope for either finding for family members that were out there or they had a strong enough why and they believed so strong in the hope of something greater, something bigger, um, something after the camps and having that hope actually is what held them through and created their, their longevity and survival inside these camps. So very interesting uh, use of words there. And it does. Newfound hope is really what can motivate a lot of people. If you truly believe something and you hope that it's going to come true and you hold on to that, you can find motivation in, in the toughest of times. Grateful for you, Jake, and your beautiful perspective on life. Oh, thank you so much. That's really, honestly, every, I know it sounds a bit cliche, but every time I hear comments like that, it really does touch me and it makes me feel really good. So thank you very much for sharing that. Okay. What are we going to talk about today? I know Tuesday was a very powerful session. A lot of people sent me some messages saying they took a lot away from that, which I love. Um, I'm very, very happy when I get those kind of responses and um, hopefully shift some mindsets. So some of the things that I've been looking at this week, um, quite some interesting stuff. And I was deciding what to talk about today and what to talk about tomorrow. But I think I'm going to leave the more visual stuff for tomorrow so you can think about over the weekend. Uh, but today, I really was trying to dive into what are some of the issues that lots of us have when trading? What are some of the things that we 
fall short on, shall we say, maybe continue to make mistakes. And it really comes down to these two core concepts that, um, sorry, these two core emotions that I talk about quite a lot, and it's fear and greed. And as I dive deeper into this, I really think that you're either coming from a space of fear when you're learning to trade, and this is in general life as well, not just in trading, or you're coming from a spe space of greed. And there's so many different levels, and it's not just a one or the other is definitely a scale of this. But I think the more we can start to understand ourselves and start to understand our background and our, you know, where we're coming from and what I suppose frame of reference we have, then that's the fastest we can learn ourselves. Um, so I think understanding that is extremely important. Do you come from a fear place? Do you come from a greed place? Lots of people I speak to, you know, those people who were talking yesterday that have been trading with us for a while and they still haven't made any trades. Now there's nothing wrong with that, but that's obviously coming from a fear state. That's fear to many, many certain areas that it could be, but there's a fear of either losing a trade, losing money, whatever it may be. And then there's a lot of people um, that have come from a greed state, like lots of over traders, I believe are coming from a greed point of view. And so the more we can learn that, the more that we can um, really start to learn ourselves. Do you come from a place of overtrading? Do you come from a place of fear? Check some ones in the chat if you feel like you're coming from a place of greed and overtrading and you know hitting that button way too much and taking too many losses and put some twos in the chat if you think you're coming from a place of fear and you just never hit the button at all. I am both totally a bipolar trader. Okay. Now that'd be very interesting to unpack. And I think um, a very, very good insight to yourself and wondering, you know, I'd actually, maybe I'll message you personally, we can unpack that, or maybe we can spend one session trying to unpack that. Because if you think you're both, it'd be really interesting to see where your mindset's at and where where we can sort of work on. Because I think that maybe I've always seen it as you're either one or the other. And if you believe you're both, then there's probably other people out there who believe they're both as well. And we can try and work down that path and maybe unlock a few key aspects as to how we can help those people as well. A year ago, I wouldn't have said I had a greedy hair on my body. Apparently, I was wrong. Anna, this is my exact story. Before I got into trading, I thought I'm not greedy at all. I really thought that I was selfless. I like to give. I like to share. You know, I'll take the clothes off my... I like to think that I'll take the clothes off my back for someone else who's cold. Um, but it turns out I am very greedy. <laughs> I have a lot of greed running through me. Maybe my um selfless acts come from a selfish place um i'm trying to learn all of this and i feel like there's a lot of people who have come down the path similar maybe to you here where they believe they weren't greedy at all at all and then they come into trading and they're like whoa why where's all this greed come from why am i like this let's try to unpack a bunch of this um usually childhood i wouldn't say trauma but childhood beliefs childhood values childhood upbringings all that kind of stuff that creates this this greedy person and this is what I'm really trying to delve into today because I think the key for overtraders here, um, it comes down to impulse control or self-control. Now, this is a term that I've been really trying to dive into quite heavily. I think if you're fearful, then you have really good self-control in the sense of, I really don't want to, maybe you're overthinking and you really don't want to do anything wrong. And so it's best just to do nothing. Now, whether that's... Um, overthinking to an extent which just shuts you into paralysis i'm not sure that could be a certain area as well but for lots of us over traders who just like bang 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 um then i think this comes down to that impulse control because i know especially for me once i start to observe my own behaviors once i start to really break down and objectively review my trades i find that i have great logical understanding of trading trading environment and trading ability my trading abilities but I don't have the best impulse control. I don't have that 
that hold back on my emotions. And the thing is that I've gotten to a stage where my knowledge is able to justify logically all the actions I've made. And now this is a dangerous position to be in. So I've got enough information to justify my foolish mistakes, but I don't have enough information to withhold myself from making these foolish mistakes. Now, I've come a long, long way, and I'm very proud of the growth I've had. But as is always, there is more to be had. And the more I look down at it, the more I believe it comes down to this self-control, this impulse control. And if we look at this not from a trading perspective, we look at this from a generalized co concept, um, I think everyone can really learn a lot by understanding where, they are, where they're at with their self-control. Now, put some ones in the chat if you think you're good with self-control. Put some twos in the chat if you think you're horrible. And it's something you may need to work on as well. So we have a mix of over-traders and fearful traders. One and two. Okay, good with it and need to work on it. Okay. Well, I think a few of these um, concepts that we can go into related around impulse control work on sort of de delayed gratification, self-regulation, how do you self-soothe, all these kind of concepts. And this is what I really want you to start to think about yourself, especially, especially to the people who are over-trading, but also maybe to those who are fearful and not entering, if it is a place of fear and overwhelm, then self-soothing um, can really, really help in this area as well. So one of the concepts I want to talk about first is I'm sure you, you've heard about me speak about delayed gratification. I speak about it quite a lot. And it's something that we really need to, I think, bring to the forefront of our minds and bring awareness to now. Put some ones in the chat if you've heard of the marshmallow test, the Stanford marshmallow test. It's pretty commonly referred to study um but for those of you who don't so once in the chat if you have for those of you who don't uh or haven't heard of the stanford marshmallow test basically what that what happened is there was a research study done and they took a bunch of kids they sat them in a room popped the marshmallow on the table in front of them and said here you go here's a marshmallow but i'm gonna leave the room and when i come back if the marshmallow is still here i'm gonna give you a second marshmallow so basically the temptations left there, they're completely unattended. And the idea is put forward that if you refrain from eating this, you'll get a second marshmallow. And now they leave, some of the kids just gobble them up within seconds, right? Some of them are just looking at it, maybe pick it out from the bottom and try to hide it. Um, some of them are just sitting there twiddling their thumbs for ages. And then I don't know the exact study that was done there's one study that says after 15 minutes they came back the other study is done that they said that they're going to just um measure the time before the, the kid actually took the marshmallow so what happened was after the 15 minutes or after a certain period of time once all kids ate the marshmallow they came back they got rewarded or did not and then they continued this study so over 40 years they tracked these kids um, and their progress in life and success and everything like that. And what they found was that those who were much better at holding off the delay, those who lasted longer um, before they ate the marshmallow or didn't at all, found were found to have success in all areas of their life growing up as they got older. You know, CEOs were the ones that didn't or didn't um, touch their marshmallow and lots of wealthy, wealthy um, people were the ones that had longer waiting periods and happy families, et cetera, et cetera. So it actually played out in a bunch of different tests. And now this was by Walter Michel back in 1972. Very interesting concept. 
um, with some pretty interesting results as well. And I think that the problem here is that when we go into this day and age, there are so many things that bombard out, like they bombard our mind in just split seconds. So you can get distracted in seconds. And I really think that there's a correlation between how good you are at your impulse or self-control and your success in trading. Because I know for a fact that if you have the ability to look at a setup and go, ah, this isn't actually perfect, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. This is like basically saying, no, I don't want to eat the marshmallow yet because I believe something better is going to come up. Okay. And then you wait and you wait and you wait. And then eventually something will come that's better. Now, it depends on your situation, your environment. Do you have time? How long can you wait, et cetera, et cetera. Do you need to take a trade every time? Some people are happily go, oh, I don't have it in this period. I'm going to shut off. I'll come back the next time. And all these aspects really do build up on top of each other. Okay. And again, this can come down to your willpower. Like reels, they are one of my kryptonites. It's something really bad. I spoke to my partner just yesterday because the first of the month, oh, sorry, must've been two days ago, first of March. Um, and we came up with this game. And so what it's called is this, well, I'm calling it the habit control game, basically. So what I'm doing is I bring to her a, a habit that I'm really trying to break that I'm really bad at. And this is my self-control with reels. It's almost autonomous now. I'll click on my Facebook. And then before I know it, I'm scrolling through reels. And it's just because I don't have that self-control. So I say to her, look, if you ever catch me, this is the place where I can watch reels because sometimes I actually do like it for motivational stuff and for inspiration, for learning, because it's all tailored to what I like. So lots of motivational stuff, lots of mindset stuff, lots of neuroplasticity stuff. So sometimes I do like to have a sit down and, and go through them. So I've separated, isolated a spot because it's very environmentally based. If I'm watching it here, this is okay. This is acceptable. If you see me watching reels anywhere else, you get two points. If I catch myself, pull myself out of it, then I get to reduce it by one point. When we get to 20 points, you get a massage. Um, and if we can get to the point of the habit being broken, then we can choose something else. Um, or if I get to the habit being broken, we've got zero points, you haven't caught me out, then, then I get a message, something like that. So it's both beneficial for both. It's not a negative-based idea. It's bringing your family members, it's bringing those in the immediate environment into the awareness of trying to break the habit that you have, okay? Now, this comes down to this, this impulse control, this self-control, and we can have this with social media reels. We can have it for snacks. Like, as soon as I start watching a movie, boom, I just want snacks. Like, it's just almost, like, immediate, these are self-control and um, impulse control. I don't want to say issues, but that's where it comes down, down to, right? Also exercising, you know, masturbation, for example, especially if you've got a partner, all these things, but not being able to resist the urges that come up immediately for something that you believe will be better later is having poor self-control. And if we can start to get on top of this, it's going to affect our trading as well, mainly for the over-traders here. So if you can sit there and you can go, ah, this setup's okay, but it's not perfect, right? And this is what a, tr a good trading plan can come down to. If you do have this poor self-control, if you do have, um, if you're not great at self-regulation, then you need something to, you need to set up your environment so that it can really control you. If you have urges with impulses, but you've got a list that goes, has it ticked all these boxes? No. Okay, then don't enter it. It's just that simple. And we have to get that self-discipline to follow the rules so strong. So if you've got these weak self-control, you've got not the best impulse control, setting up your environment to enable you so that you you don't have to do the instantaneous control, right? So if I've got a trading, trading plan with a set of rules that I need to tick all these boxes before I enter a trade, for example, then I know exactly where my issues are. Because if I'm entering trades that don't tick all the boxes, 
boom, I need to work on that. I need to work on that discipline. There's obviously something with the willpower that I have, my ability to follow what I'm saying. Maybe I need to find some more self-respect for myself and trusting the words that I use and not just going against what my previous person said. So all these kind of concepts can really help us to eliminate that overtrading and to find a way to really wait for these best trades because a lot of people I speak to, they've got this overtrading issue, okay? And it's something that I really want to work on bringing down and really want people to understand that if we can wait for these best trades, it's going to help. Doing less is more in this case. Trade less, wait for the best setups, you will have better results. But what do you need for that? You need to have a good understanding of delayed gratification. Waiting, ah, this is okay setup, but it's not the best, I'm going to wait. Having that impulse control. Yeah, I am urged to press this button now, but I'm not. Okay, this self-discipline. And now other things that can help here is like self-regulation and self-soothing. Self-soothing, I think, is very, very powerful. And it's basically, how do you regulate your emotions by yourself? Now, if, for example, you struggle to do it by yourself, then you need to set up your environment. So you have triggers and cues and things like that to, um, to help you. If you're trading and you feel like one thing that I've noticed with me is I'll see a setup and it looks like, say, say it's going to reverse. I go to enter the trade. It doesn't quite do it then and I exit, then my mind gets stuck in this, oh, it's still going to make that move. I'm going to try and catch it again and again. And as the chart moves sideways, the environments change. We have to reassess, okay? But what you have to do is realize, okay, it didn't make that move. Am I now emotionally attached to this move? Or can I just self-soothe, self-regulate, control my impulses for long enough that I can go back to logical thinking? If not, just get off the charts, remove yourself, do these kind of concepts. So just quickly, some of the ways that we can self-soothe, and I think the ability to self-soothe, especially in stressful environments, which trading can be, trading can be very stressful. You take a loss, you're panicky, you're like, oh no, I need to get my money back. Okay, you've got this revenge trading, you've got this fearful trading that you're going to lose. Maybe you're trying for a prop firm challenge and you're like, oh, if I don't make this percent by today, then I'm going to lose the challenge. All these kind of stress triggers can start to build up. And so your ability to self-soothe, especially on the charts, is going to be so impactful on your long-term results, okay? Trading is fully emotion-driven. The whole process of trading is designed to fluctuate your emotions so that you make foolish mistakes, so that people who are in control of their emotions, the big money makers, will be able to take your money. How do we control our emotions? Well, learning to self-soothe, learning to self-regulate, learning to understand when we're starting to get fluctuated, learning to understand when we're getting a bit fearful, a bit greedy, jumping into these emotional states rather than these logical states. So finding ways to self-soothe that are quick and instantaneous can be very, very helpful for bringing that level down, bringing your awareness back to the logical state, and then hopefully making smarter decisions rather than emotional-based decisions. Okay, so some of the, you can literally Google ways to self-soothe and Funnily enough, the top 10, the top eight that pop up, the very first one is change the environment. If possible, just change the environment for a few minutes. And this can be very powerful. We get so sucked in and so like hyper-focused on what this exact candle is doing. And I'm going to talk about this tomorrow. But when we get hyper-focused into this exact movement, into this exact point, into this push, into this candle, then we lose an understanding of what the greater environment is doing. So sometimes maybe when you don't get that move, or you miss that trade, or it goes in the opposite direction, just get up and take a walk for two seconds. Just remove your focus from this exact environment. Remove the hyper-focus and just change your awareness just for two seconds. Maybe look out the window or go give your partner a kiss. I don't know. Do something that's removing yourself from this. Yeah, okay. You might miss one 
in like a hundred, you might miss the move that comes in the next two minutes, but that is not long-term trading. That is just a one-off unlucky situation. Okay. This is why for me, journaling each and every trade is that removal from that environment. I need to take myself off the charts. I need to look down. I need to journal. I need to be focused in on that. And this gives me like that time to regulate my emotions, to self-soothe, to come back to kind of like, okay, let's look at this logically again. And when I don't trade, um, with my emotional journal, like a couple of times in this last couple of weeks, I haven't gone to journal. And what's happened is I've overtraded my emotional impulse control has gone out the window and I'm back to like firing away at the button. And I realized because I haven't actually got this time to self-soothe, I'm back into this poor impulse control and I'm trying to catch the move again. And I've noticed it straight away. Okay. So stretch for five minutes. You could just get up and stretch for a couple of minutes. Soothing imagery. Maybe you've got a nice picture that you can hang up on your wall where you're trading. And so if you get into that state and you're like, ah, you look at this beautiful picture, you're like, ah, okay, right? Well, I, like your why, if you've got your vision board, that's a great one to use because you can look up, you can go, okay, hang on. I don't need to get sucked into this hyper-focused little two minutes of trading. This is why I'm doing this. Let's calm down. Let's just go back to logical thinking. If you like smells, if you like music, like I often always burn an incense to bring that self-soothing down. When I'm in trading mode and I have that scent, I'm like, it calms me breathing, all these things. And you can also, you know, stack on, you don't just have to have one, you can do a few things. But the idea is know yourself well enough, so that you can self soothe, self regulate, and do better with your impulse control and your self control. Why? How? By understanding delayed gratification, understanding there's going to be more trades that are going to come. Okay, almost always. So make sure that you are actually jumping in on them. Um, jumping in on these ideas, these concepts, sorry, understanding your self-control and finding ways to self-soothe. Does that make sense? So I hope that's connected with a few people. I realized that anyone who was on the um, Kajabi, I was muted the whole time. So I apologize for that. Anyone who's been on this Kajabi, I've been muted the whole time. I apologize. Um, sorry if you came in early. For everyone else on, for everyone else on the podcast here, uh, let's go jump over to our trading call. Uh, make sure you go through all of your stuff. Make sure you go through your whys, your trading journal, your tra your um, trading plan, all your rules, et cetera, et cetera. Get yourself into the right frame of mind and um, we will speak to you again tomorrow. Okay. Much love to everyone. And for those listening on the podcast, I shall speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you, Jake. Thanks, guys. Bye.